keeping you above the fray of the everyday. Uncle Fernando, Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando and Bay FM 99.9. Coming up on today's program... Fern, I've already experienced significant personal harm. The behaviour online that some people think is okay on social media platforms is has been hideous. And in terms of the career prospects, there have also been tangible negatives for me. Particularly after this conversation, I'm pretty confident I'm never getting Screen New South Wales money for any of my projects. But I'm prepared to take one for the team. I have put my community before my career and I will undoubtedly pay a huge price. And on the balance of of everything, I'm happy to pay that price. I'm with local film director and producer Tess Hall. Great to speak with you, Tess. Hi, Fern. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Look, great to meet you in person for the first time. For people who don't know much about you, tell us a, a bit about yourself first, Tess. Oh, well, Fern, to be honest, I'd kind of rather no one had ever heard of me, to, to be frank. I'm much more comfortable working um, behind the camera or behind the scenes. Um, I started coming to Byron regularly uh, over 20 years ago. I've now lived in the, in the region for about seven years. I'm pretty passionate about being part of the community here because it's really the only place that's ever felt like home. Um, I did grow up in Melbourne and, uh, yeah, my career's sort of spanned the east coast of Australia and, and internationally. So I studied communications, but film and music uh, have always been my first loves. And I've been running my own businesses since I was 22. Look, we're here to talk about uh, local film productions. Tell us why you're concerned about the way uh, some film productions are coming up here and operating up here. Many people see it as a, a great thing. It's turning us into a a little film mecca of sorts. It's creating jobs, it's bringing money to the area and that will go back into improving hopefully our um, local infrastructure. So what are your concerns? Well I think the first thing uh, that's really important that everyone understands Fern is that we need to look beyond the headlines and beyond those you know, typical tropes of jobs and, and revenue for the economy and film, film industry arrives and, and infrastructure is going to improve. Um, I think it's also important to be clear with, with the listeners that I'm 100% in, in favour of production happening locally and, and growing locally. There's no better place in the world to be than a film set. But I think it's really important that the growth of the industry in the region is happening in a sustainable, ethical and, and viable way for the community Um, and at the moment I haven't seen anything that indicates that that's what's happening unfortunately. Tell us what you mean. For context the the film and TV industry domestically in Australia is completely self-regulating. There's no body or or entity that governs or has oversight to ensure compliance with codes of conduct and filming protocols. It's rapidly and demonstrably becoming a really big problem for our region that producers are referring to recent precedents that have abandoned uh, adherence to the codes of conduct and are going about things in a way that 
you know, ensures they gain commercially and get to do whatever they want, but not necessarily in a way where appropriate and thorough consultation occurs, where the impact that filming on a large scale and over an extended period has on a small community and particularly, you know, regional settings. Like I was up in in federal over the weekend and just driving by and seeing the layout of the site and you know then speaking with some of the community members up there the the lack of consultation and the impact it's having on these poor people is really quite dramatic and as a producer you know who's learnt from and and been mentored by and worked with some of the absolute greats of the Australian film and TV industry it breaks my heart to see that that's what our community is being subjected to I think it's damaging for the industry and damaging for the community. Now you're talking about the production of Love Island and we'll get into that Uh, but before we do you were heavily involved in the fight against Netflix back in May. Now, a new reality show coming to Netflix is copying serious backlash from a small Australian community. Byron Bays is set in the town it's named after, following the dramatic lives of social media influencers. But the community is furious, saying it's a complete misrepresentation of Byron Bay, and now they are trying to shut it down. Just remind the listener about that whole fiasco. It was portrayed as a David and Goliath battle and poor little David, Byron Bay, lost in the end, didn't we? Well, I don't think this little town of David's lost at all, Fern. Um, You know, the show hasn't gone to air as yet. Um, And, you know, as a community, we were able to rise up and ensure that our voice was heard. Uh, The community's concerns around the impact that the series would have on our community, I think, could not have been clearer. You know, the the external pressures that we're facing, rapidly shifting demographics, um, pressures on housing and infrastructure, and, uh, you know, the other underlying issues that we've got around really high rates of domestic and gendered violence um, and substance abuse issues in, in, in particular, which are just running rampant through the region. The whole world now knows that we've raised those concerns and that we objected to the series as a community and as as the place of Byron Bay, we objected to our name being exploited by Goliath. So, you know, if the series does go to air, which it seems very much like Netflix is intent on doing, um, there's going to be a whole other round of media where those concerns that we raise as a community will be revisited. And personally, my view is that there are ongoing concerns that should continue to be discussed before the series airs. And I think it's very, very disappointing the approach that Netflix and Eureka Productions have taken in terms of dismissing our community's concerns by failing to engage with us. They've shown a total and utter disregard for what we've gone to the effort of pointing out are challenges we're facing as a region, and they've shown and demonstrated that their commercial interests come first um, and above and beyond all else, which is very disappointing. I think there's many in the industry, like myself, that are independent producers, directors, that were very hopeful with Netflix arrival, there would be the opportunity for genuine local storytelling and for genuine local people to get a 
get a chance to share our stories. And this feels like a very city-centric view of, of Byron. I don't think anyone will argue that. I think there's a lot of questions about the casting and that process. On a personal note, I'm very disappointed that the global head of TV at Netflix, Bella Bajaria, never bothered to respond to an email I sent her in late April. And I'm also very concerned at the approach that Netflix took to offering you know, tokenistic small uh, contributions to some of the community organisations and social services working on the front line here um, as an inducement in in return for letters of endorsement to the council. That sort of conduct and behaviour has no place in the industry and I feel very passionately that it has no place in our community and all of those community organisations declined those financial inducements. Look, at the time Netflix put up uh, the Director of Content for Australia and New Zealand, Q Min Lu, who actually spoke with Bay FM, with Bay FM's Nick Jeans at the time. Let's just hear a bit of audio. All of the cast mm. are local residents. Okay. Some are born or raised here. Uh-huh. Some are, there are a few, I mean, we've, we've cast into the double digits. I can't be specific about the number, but there are mm. a lot of people um, uh, who are make up our contributors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a few are newer to the area. Everyone else has been living here for a meaningful amount of time. Okay, and what about um, crew? Some production are crew. local, um, are locals as well. Mm. We have other productions. Uh, we have one other production that's shooting in the area, which is also employing a lot of locals. And you know, it's a balance that you have to maintain between um, like expertise, the ability to train um, the local sector, and to just hire locals. So it's a range. It's not either or. Mm. But there are locals working on the production. Mm. Yes. Tess Hall, your response. In terms of you know stating that the cast all live in Byron, that is a demonstrably false statement. It's misleading to the community and to the public at large, and I think it's morally reprehensible to indicate that all of the cast live in Byron Bay when all you've got to do is look at their social media feeds and see they don't. You've also got another point to make about Netflix's strategy of putting up young, diverse spokespeople. She copped a bit of racist comments online at the time and that was used as pushback and then it kind of nullified a lot of the other um, arguments that were put forward. Do you, you, you think that's part of a deliberate strategy of Netflix, do you? Yeah, I do think it's a deliberate strategy on behalf of Netflix. Um, in statements made over the weekend, Ted Sarandis, the co-CEO of Netflix, released um, you know, comments making clear that their strategy for ensuring diversity on screen is to employ diverse people in their content team. And I think any uh, sensible person can see that that logic is flawed. It's very important for me as a diverse person. I'm queer, I'm a woman, I work in a male-dominated industry, I've got decades-long history of working with marginalised and underrepresented groups in society. I'm an ally and an advocate for traditional owners and First Nations uh, people everywhere. I get a lot of jobs because I'm the diverse person in the room. So for Netflix to have played the race card uh, in, in this circumstance, I think, shows that they have no ability to refute the case that the community put in opposition to the show. I think it's a weak strategy. And I feel for, for Q, you know, there was a lot of people in the 
game that were very hopeful that this was the dawning of a of a new age of, of content commissioning and it's very very disappointing to see you know a really whitewashed mainstream lacking in diversity concept like Byron Bay's get a green light because one of her mates proposed it as being like the real housewives mm. but for Byron Bay uh, and influencers and I can see how it would look like a quick easy and cheap to produce win and how that serves the masters Q works for in the US mm. uh, but for for my from my perspective as a diverse person, I feel like the team has been let down pretty dramatically. Well, it's official. We have our first five couples for Love Island 2021. In your couples, you will live together, take part in challenges together, and you'll share a bed together too. But remember, you do not want to be single. Being in a couple gives you a stronger chance of staying in the villa. The biggest prize on offer is love. But as a bonus, the couple Australia likes the most will also take home $50,000. Good luck, Islanders. I'll see you soon. Look, let's move on to Love Island, the latest controversy. They're filming up in the hinterland in Federal. You were there yesterday. Um, visited next door the neighbours who were given no warning whatsoever. They didn't even know what was happening next door. Just remind the listener of what happened up there. Um, Yeah, so I think this is where the complexity of the legislative frameworks that govern development and and filming cross over. And uh, unfortunately, at present, in the Byron Shire, we're not set up very well within that legislative framework. So there's a statewide LGA filming protocol that's referred to as New South Wales Film Friendly. And then each local council can adopt that protocol with some personalisation to the needs of their specific LGA. Um, I'm by no means an expert in the planning side of things, so you need DAs and you need development consent for the works and the scale of works that were taken out at the filming location that Love Island are at. As I understand it, Council did find breaches there and had issued a, a, a stop work order and then had those concerns ameliorated. Michael Lyon, the Mayor, seemed to be satisfied with what ITV Studios had committed to. But I think that there's been a, a really gross failure to engage with the community up there in Federal. And there's been a failure to abide by the relevant legislative frameworks and the principles and ethics of the industry. You know, everyone I've worked with and learnt from, and these are people at the very top tier, you know, from George Miller to one of my own personal heroes, Anna Kokonos, you know... The, these people um, that, that I've taken my learnings from, they would never impose the type of inconvenience and dis- disturbance and, and compromising of quiet enjoyment of a resident in the way that Love Island has. Um, I had a lovely uh, salad and, and chat with the neighbours up there yesterday, uh, disrupted by noise from generators sitting in their lounge room. Now, that is grossly inappropriate. It should be remedied immediately. ITV studios need to go back to the drawing board, having recently appointed a community 
community liaison person, they should acknowledge that that should have happened at the very second they thought that federal could be vi viable for them to film at. And that consultation, uh, you know, in a best practice way, looks very, very different to what the community of federal have experienced. Um, as I was driving up there yesterday, the state of the roads that are being used, you know, there's potentially two or three years worth of traffic being put on those roads in a really intense period of time with the scale of the filming. Um, you've got to move people around. It does take an army to make these kind of sh shows happen. And, and, you know, that should have been part of the forward planning. And those discussions with council and all of the other stakeholders should have been proactive. It should have been months and months ago. Hi guys, we're thinking about doing this. We know that you're a small village community. We know that the roads are bad. We, you know, we know we don't want to disturb your amenity. How can we work with you to ensure that doesn't happen? And to the best of my knowledge, there's no make good or, or contribution to roads or, or any other infrastructure. And, you know, from some of the documents that I witnessed yesterday, the, the tone and the approach is offensive. It is paying lip service to consultation and consideration and it is damaging not only, I think, to ITV's reputation but also to the community at large. And where are they at? They were given 30 days to film. I understand they've been there, what, two months now? Yeah, and this is one of the things that's unfortunate about the relevant legislation that governs this type of activity is that it's open to interpretation. So, you know, I'm not going to quote you the specific points, but, you know, you're supposed to lodge an application for a, for a filming project, and that project encompasses all of the activity as it pertains to the filming. So that would be, you know, bump in any works that have to happen at the site, um, the actual filming itself pack down, bump out and make good. And the interpretation of that legislation and that particular element of the legislation has never been tried in court. And, you know, unfortunately, um, Byron Shire Council isn't going to be the one to test that in court. And that clarification is only going to come through legal proceedings, which when you're looking at, you know, big global multinational corporations with millions and millions of dollars for a little town of David's, that can be challenging to do. But there are some crafty approaches that, that can be taken. And as I understand it, and from everyone I've spoken to in the industry whose perspective I value and respect, the 30 days pertains to the entirety of the activity, not we're rolling cameras and we start on this day and we're going to finish 30 days later. So that effectively means they should have left? Absolutely it does. And I think that they're playing a very dirty game and I hope that they get held to account. And, you know, the legislation is specifically designed to prohibit what is happening in federal right now. And they're just charging ahead because they've got the imprimatur or, or you know, the, the, the go-ahead from the New South Wales government that have funded a significant portion of the production through the Made in New South Wales Location Incentive Fund. So that's my taxpayer dollar and your taxpayer dollar and the listener's taxpayer dollar that is subsidising this production that is disturbing um, the, the quiet enjoyment of, of the good people of Federal. See, most people don't know that. But just to talk a bit more about the actual testing of this legislation, so there are grounds? Oh, absolutely, there are grounds. You know, legal grounds? There are legal grounds, for sure. It's a, it's a matter that would need to be heard in the Land and Environment Court. Um, so is that an injunction to stop? 
Uh, yeah, look, I mean, there's the potential that uh, interested parties could injunct the filming. Um, there is an issue around liability. These are, you know, money's getting spent. There's hundreds of people at work. The show's going to air. It's, um, it's not a strategy or an approach that can be adopted lightly. But, you know, I've shared my knowledge with people being impacted directly in this circumstance. And I hope that the community can see that filming is good for the region when it's good for everyone, not for a select few. So in the coming days and weeks, if it is that the community expresses a desire collectively to have this clarified... And the importance of clarifying it is not just about picking on Love Island or ITV Studios. It's about clarifying, if I live in a beautiful, bucolic, hillside community, can my next-door neighbour one day decide that they're going to have commercial gain by setting up what is, in effect, a permanent filming setup? You know, I'm all for production, as I've said, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but not when it breaks the rules, not when it pushes the bounds of the legislative framework, and not when it messes with people's lives. Mm. That is a viable option. That's an option that's been looked at, isn't it? Oh, I can't speak for others. I, I can say, though, that I have willingly and eagerly shared uh, my expertise, perspective, background and network with anyone that is directly impacted at this point in time. All right. Now, let's look at the, what we can do to strengthen uh, the current legislation and a new LGA filming protocol for our region. How can we go about that? What would best practice look like? Oh, well, the first thing that I would say is um, I'd appeal to any producer coming to the region and any executive at any of these major studios, broadcasters or production companies is let's have a crack at doing the right thing first. Let's not exploit the fact that Byron Shire Council's LGA filming protocol is outdated. Let's not exploit the fact that the statewide protocol hasn't been reviewed for 12 years. Um, I did engage directly with the head of Screen New South Wales during the Byron Bay's campaign and was given assurances that the council would be given every support to review the LGA filming protocol. I think that the delay to the council elections has meant that um, that consultation hasn't happened and I think you know the clarity around where um, Screen New South Wales through Create New South Wales via the New South Wales government is putting public money says that uh, unfortunately as a community and as the council we're going to be going it alone on this one and you know tearing up the LGA filming protocol is something I'm 100% in favour of because it is outdated it doesn't reflect the scale of filming that's happening in the region at the moment and it's not serving the community the cash isn't coming back in and benefiting us as as people that enjoy this place and make this place and that's what I'm passionate about is don't make our lives harder don't say you're splashing cash around when it's going to a wealthy landlord in Kingscliff or a post-production house in Sydney or crew that you're pulling in from everywhere else. Let's get a definition around what a local film worker is. And I've got a suggestion. You've got to be housed in the region. You've got to have been here for near, you know at least two years. And you've got to not be taking up temporary accommodation because that is one of the big things that's driving the housing crisis. Because currently they've flown in and they stay here for as long as the filming take place. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, film and TV is a tough game. It's a, it's a hard thing. It takes a lot of people and there's a lot of specialised skill sets. And I'm a realist, Fern. I don't believe for one second that we have all of the human capital and resources in the region to make these shows happen. What I am also 100% confident of is that every effort to ensure that local people that have relevant skills and experience that can either be put in a role they've done before or easily translate those skills and experience to other roles are given a crack. You know, you can bang on about employing locals and you can bang on about diversity and then you can live it and you can do something about it. And that's what I'm calling on all the relevant stakeholders to do. I'm with the Tess Hall local film director and producer. We're talking about film productions in our region. Uh, Tess, where is Screenworks New South Wales? They um, are based here in the Northern Rivers. Um, This updating of uh, the LGA filming protocols, should that not have already happened? It's very outdated, as you say. They are here to support the local industry and to bat for us in terms of employing local crews and getting a good deal for our area. Where are they? Oh, that's a very good question, Fern. I'd love to know where Screenworks are on this. And I think um, the sad reality is that, you know, Screenworks, as far as I'm aware, started focused on the Northern Rivers and now has a national remit so they're looking at supporting regional filming everywhere i do agree and acknowledge that there are challenges to crewing productions in the region Um, but netflix did give screenworks half a million dollars Um, they didn't have a relationship with screenworks prior to the opposition to byron bays and it's what was that what was that for well, they've, they, they just announced the 500 grand and said it was for regional crew development. And, you know, to me, it's very bemusing and it doesn't pass the pub tests at all. You know, you can't be a not-for-profit entity and when you have producers who have either been members in the past or presently are members or are working at the very top tier of the industry in Australia ask questions of Screenworks about what that money from Netflix is going towards and have Screenworks indicate that it's commercial in confidence. Last I checked, a not-for-profit charity uh, doesn't get to operate under that kind of context. So, you know, last week there was an announcement and a bit of a media campaign from Screenworks about what they're doing with some of that money and what it boils down to is four positions at TAFE in Lismore for a certificate in uh, screen studies. And I can tell you right now, as a working producer, that ain't going to solve the problem. Um, I personally found the hero imagery that went alongside that media campaign from Screenworks incredibly offensive and the content and messaging around the program, particularly as it related to encouraging diversity, really failed epically. Um, I do hold a very high bar when it comes to those matters. I've worked extensively with large corporations and sporting codes and brands to pursue, you know, programs about diversity and inclusion. I often get those gigs to tell those stories about diversity and inclusion because I I tick that box and just the language and the whole way it was framed. As a producer, first and foremost, I found it offensive. As a diverse person, I found it offensive. And as a member of the community, I, I, I really 
really feel like it falls very far short of, of ScreenWorks advocating for locals to actually have jobs. And, you know, Fern, the last thing I'd like to note is that I can really only speak to my personal experience of being a member of ScreenWorks, and that involved them divulging my personal information in contravention of their own privacy policy to a number of people, which I wasn't comfortable with. Um, It involved them reaching out to me to ask me how to fill crew gaps, which I think speaks to their lack of capability in that area. I did have an in-person meeting with one of the staff members at ScreenWorks in which they emphasised that as a not-for-profit charity, they were specifically excluded from the practice of commercial crewing. And now all of a sudden they've taken all this money from Netflix and I go, these two things are incongruous, they don't relate. And what they've done with some of that money is employed someone who works part-time for ScreenWorks and part-time for EQ Media or Essential Media, as they're also known out of Sydney, who are producing buying Byron. So in terms of asking questions and interrogating the operation of that not-for-profit entity, ScreenWorks, I think some difficult questions need to be asked. So you think there's a bit of a conflict there? Uh, Well, Fern, I mean... Call me crazy, but you can't be working on buying Byron and then allegedly working to benefit the not-for-profit that is supposed to advocate for regional employment because that show is the last thing this community needs right now. It's offensive, it's ill-conceived, there was no consultation, I think the timing is terrible and, uh, you know... I mean, I'd give them an AB pitch, I'd invert the whole thing and I'd suggest maybe we do renting Byron where we follow half a dozen long-term community members that potentially have jobs in essential service like, you know, let's get a paramedic, let's get a nurse, let's get a a, a mum that's coming out of DV and let's follow them as we try and find them homes. We'll offer ScreenWorks New South Wales a right of reply on this program next week. In this video, I'll show you how to interact with the ScreenWorks online community, ScreenWorks Connect. From here, you can see the community wall where members have shared posts. For example, members can share their news, achievements, casting or crew callouts. We're going to speak with Councillor Kate Curry, who's taking the running on this uh, whole campaign to uh, update the LGA filming protocol next. She's got a motion coming up in a couple of weeks' time uh, that she's, she's going to tell us all about it, but I understand you've had a look at it. Do you think uh, this upcoming motion is going to fix the problem? I think this upcoming motion um, off the back of Councillor Curry's previous motion is definitely a step in the right direction. I think it's a, an interim step. Um, as I understand it, you know, Councillor Curry is very keen to uh, stop the issue that's happening around council having no oversight of people exploiting the ultra-low impact filming classification. That's a precedent that was set by the approach that Eureka Productions took on behalf of Netflix to make Byron Bay's. And I'm very confident in saying that it has caused a great amount of distress and concern not only within the community here, but within the filmmaking community. Um, Film-friendly and and encouraging filming is something that every filmmaker benefits from, 
but taking a big, huge international production, a crew of 40, and dividing it up into smaller crews and calling it low impact and abrogating yourself of the responsibility to consult, engage, be forthcoming and open about what it is that you're doing is a disgrace. I hope it never happens again, but unfortunately we've already got other productions here doing the same thing. I think it needs to cease and it needs to cease immediately and I'm very hopeful that Councillor Curry's motion will be an interim step that allows the community some relief that forces producers doing the wrong thing to do the right thing and go and engage with council, make sure that the community is looked after. And then I think once we're through the election, and I hope this doesn't become a party politics election issue, you know, everyone back and forth, because we all stand to lose if this is something that stays the way it is. And we've got a lot to gain if we get it right as a community. We're going to find out all about that motion shortly. How can people get involved if they're really interested in this issue? Um, Our listeners, what can they do? Uh, There's a, you know, there's a website, um, baywatch.tv, so B-A-E-W-A-T-C-H.tv. That website's got the functionality where you can email all of the relevant elected representatives regarding the LGA filming protocol specifically. It also has functionality with a pre-filled email where people can raise their ongoing objection to Byron Bay's in particular directly with the head of of TV at Netflix in the US and all of the other stakeholders locally. Um, And then I would say, you know, maybe attend public access at at council. If you've got burning questions, ask them of the, the powers that be. Keep it classy, keep the tone nice be inquiring and, and, you know, seek out subject matter experts. And, you know, I hope everyone acknowledges that, of course, there's always two sides to, to every argument, but that we all deserve to be heard and that we deserve fair and equitable, equitable outcomes for our community. One last question, Tess. Will speaking out like this benefit or harm your career? Oh, well... Um, I've already experienced significant personal harm. The behaviour online that some people think is okay on social media platforms is is has been hideous. Um, and in terms of the career prospects, there have also been tangible negatives for me. Um, particularly after this conversation, I'm pretty confident I'm never getting Screen New South Wales money for any of my projects. But I think it's important. When you're an ethical person that's driven from a place of being caring first and foremost and um, wanting sustainable outcomes for a region that screams sustainability, you know, that's why so many of us have been drawn here is for the the values that we all share. Um, I'm prepared to take one for the team. I have put my community before my career and I will undoubtedly pay a huge price and on the balance of of everything, I'm happy to pay that price. Tess Hall's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for the work that you're doing for our community and all the best with this campaign of yours. Thanks, Fern. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to chat and I hope that the listeners can feel a sense of empowerment and we can all contribute to a positive outcome for the community. Mm -hmm.